pass to Plum. Here come the Aces on the run. The Energizer looks for Ty Young. Sprints to the hoop. Off the glass and good. Good, good, good. Live in the entertainment capital of the world. Oh, mercy. It's the T.C. Martin Show. Show, show. And here we go. Get ready for the fourth quarter of game number four. It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor. Hammy's going to let one fly. Chance of three. Chance of three. The Energizer put a three from half court. Are you kidding me? T.C. Martin. There are six seconds to go, and the Energizer hit a wild, crazy, improbable three to give the Aces the lead. The doctor is now in. In, in, in. Hour number two. Glad to have you with us on this Monday. The madness has definitely begun. Looking forward to it. Get those brackets filled out. And we're going to give you an opportunity, just like we've done before, to participate in our March Madness bracket pool with Opportunity Village. That's right. We'll be giving away some brackets today. Adam Joseph will join us at the bottom of the hour from Opportunity Village, a big-time hoopster himself. And uh, also, Matthew Hope will join us in matter of moments from U.S. Integrity as we talk a little March Madness coming off the... NCAA conference tournaments this past weekend, a lot of excitement, and uh, we're ready to go. And uh, we'll find out tomorrow if the field of 68 is completely intact because they're going through the COVID protocols. And then after Tuesday, uh, we will know who is in and who is out. And maybe where they're going to be. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, yeah. it's the, what, the, the north region the actual is up sites. in yeah. no, no, northern Indiana and then eastern Indiana and then western <laughs> Indiana and southern Indiana. It's That's right. Yeah, they didn't tell us exactly who was going where yesterday. You know, games are going to be spread out throughout the state of Indiana. Now, the first four is going to be at the uh, uh, Assembly Hall in Bloomington, Indiana, where the home of the, the Hoosiers, who, by the way, fired Archie Miller today. So four seasons. They, remember, he was the hot hire. If you remember when he, his time at Dayton and the Hoosiers scooped him up after they say goodbye to Tom Crean. Crean left there, took, uh, got hired by Georgia. So Indiana is starting over again after they had another dismal season in the tough Big Ten. Uh, also, first four games are going to be at Mackey Arena in West Lafayette, home of Purdue. Then first round games. Friday and Saturday at Assembly Hall, Mackey Arena, Banker's Life Fieldhouse, your home of the Indiana Pacers, the Indiana Farmers Coliseum. Tell me whose home court that is. The Hinkle Fieldhouse, the Butler Bulldogs, and, of course, Lucas Oil Stadium, the Dome there in Indianapolis. So there you go. All right. Looking forward to it. So they're not playing at uh, Valparaiso. They want to go to Valpo and play. That's right down the road, too, you know. The plan in French Lick? <laughs> no French Lick. In Larry, Larry Bird's driveway. Right. Did you did you see the Capital One? You know, Capital One always does the the commercials with Charles Barkley and Spike Lee uh-huh. and all that. Now I didn't see it this weekend, but I heard that they did a commercial with Larry Bird. I did, I want to know if that's a newer one or if that, that's the one they did a couple years ago where they, they knocked on his front I door. Know. I don't know. Did I, you I see that one? I yeah. didn't see, I didn't see it either, but someone told me about it. They go, hey, they did a new one with Larry Bird, and they went to his house in French Lick. And I'm going like, okay, I wonder if that's the same one or a different one. So, Numbchuck, different, same, or old? Same, you know, he doesn't know. He's talking to me again through the broken glass, but I don't know what he's saying. But anyway, French Lick. You know who else for, for, from French Lick? 
is uh, former Kings head coach and assistant uh, Jerry Reynolds. Yeah, him and Birdman were, were neighbors and buddies or time. There you go. Two great guys from French Luck. How crazy is it that Larry Bird actually claims that he would have been just as happy and content being a garbage man in French Lick than, and never going? Because a lot of people don't remember or maybe don't know that he went to Indiana and left there because Bloomington was too big. Yeah, it was right. too big of a town. Yeah. He couldn't handle it, so he was just done with basketball. And his mom basically said, you have to play again. He said, well, fine. If I got to play, then I'll just go to Indiana State yeah. where, where yeah. we live already. Yeah, exactly. That's close. I'll be a sycamore. There you go. All right. Uh, let's j- have our good friend Matthew Holt join us, U.S. Integrity. We're looking at the brackets. We're looking at the books. What's going on, my friend? TC, how we doing? We're doing good, man. I know it's uh, been a busy time for you here, right? Oh, man, the busiest time. Of course. All right, so let's uh, let's talk about this stuff, Matt. Uh, we get the brackets revealed yesterday afternoon. I know you were like me. You're checking them all out. Uh, what stood out for you bracket-wise? Well, you know what? I think there's some really tough, underrated first-round matchups. Colgate, who's been top 10 in the net all year, facing Arkansas. And these are teams that people never heard of, uh, but they're single-digit spreads for a reason. You know, Oklahoma State down to a seven-point favorite over Liberty. There's some really interesting early matchups, but at the end of the day, Rarely do we see a bracket where, I mean, guys like you and I look at it and go, boy, it's going to be tough to beat at least two of these number ones. I'll tell you, it's hard for me to envision anyone in the West or or in in the Midwest beating Illinois or Gonzaga right now. All right, so let's talk about some of these uh, these matchups that you're talking about, and even from a point spread perspective here, because we know that a lot of these you know, the five twelve matchups are always sexy, and people are you know looking for the twelve to to upset a five. We've seen a, a few you know thirteens versus fours and that sort of thing, but the point spreads have really come down over the years. Do you think it's because of the, the parity that's in college basketball, which I think it is a tribute to, but it's also that the, the lines makers have kind of maybe overvalued you know, this, this, this situation to a certain degree as well. Well, you see 12-5 matchups where you see 14, 15-point spreads, and then now they know that people are going to play the dogs, and now we're seeing single digits, and like you said, some are even like six and seven points. Look, the one-in-the-done error changed everything in college basketball. That is, it's simply, if you go back to the year prior to the one-and-done error and the year starting from the one-and-done error now, you'll see that the tournament games are much closer, that the 13s, the, the 11, 12, 13, and 14 seed especially are much, much more competitive than they ever used to be, and we get a lot more 13, 14, and 15 seeds actually pulling upsets. And the reason is that we don't, there's no mega teams in college basketball. It's not the 1990, you know, and 91 UNLV or those old Duke teams. You don't get players sitting around, really good players, for two, three, four years. So because anyone who's really good leaves, there's not a lot of continuity. And a lot of times your best teams, many of which struggled this year, Duke, Michigan State, Kansas, it's hard for them to continuously stay at the top like they would. And a lot of times it's these 
mid-major and even like smaller conference schools that actually develop three, four-year starters who play together, who come together, who are on this magical run and journey together, and they're playing for each other, and that's why you see smaller spreads, and that's why you see more upsets. It's just because a lack of continuity at the bigger schools combined with the fact that the smaller schools are able to keep those guys for years and develop continuity. There also seems to be a sense out there among some people that maybe some of these smaller schools have better coaching here and there. Maybe the coaches are younger, maybe a little more creative and innovative or something, hungry or whatever the reason. But it seems like some of these small schools, a lot of the coaches really come in and they try to put their stamp on things, whereas maybe some of the Power Five or something like that, guys are just kind of stuck in their way and they just do it like they've always done it. Is that a factor a little bit with coaching in these mid-majors now? Because we see a lot of really good coaches in conferences that aren't the Power Fives. Yeah, I don't know. That's hard to, I mean, it's hard to really measure that because uh, there's so many great coaches. Is, you know, are we going to start looking down and saying, well, look at Liberty and how well they played. I wonder if their coach is better than Mike Krzyzewski. You know, those are difficult conversations. But what we can point to is the number of seniors and juniors on a lot of these smaller programs and the number of freshmen and sophomores on these Power 5 schools. That's something we can measure, and the diminishing point spreads we've seen since the start of the one-and-done era. All right, Matthew Holt joins us from U.S. Integrity. Matt, shocking to see so many traditional powers with these low seeds. I point to North Carolina, an eight seed. Wisconsin, a nine seed. And they'll match up against each other for an intriguing you know, game. Uh, Oregon falls to a number seven seed. This team lost in, in the semifinals to the Pac-12, but just a week ago we're talking about, okay, you know, Oregon could probably be maybe a three or a four seed. They were rolling through the Pac-12. Maryland is a 10 seed. And then, of course, UCLA and Michigan State are in a play-in game at fighting for an 11 seed. It seems a little bit strange when you, when you look at these numbers and these powerhouses. Yeah, I think some of these really young teams were, were more negatively affected by COVID than some of these more veteran teams. So at the end of the day, if you have a bunch of freshmen like the Kentuckys and the Dukes of the world do because all their players get drafted every year, you really need those practices. You need to have as many practices as possible and as many games as possible. Let's face it, in the one-and-done era, We've seen teams that reload with all freshmen, Kentucky, Duke, struggle early in the year, need that non-conference time to develop continuity with all these young players and then start turning it up in February and making a run as we get closer to March. But now when you add in COVID pauses and canceled games and contact tracing and everybody can't practice, it becomes harder and harder for those younger teams to develop that continuity. And in many cases, the Kentuckys, the Dukes, the Michigan States this year, they just never really got an opportunity to get it going. Yeah, and you've seen yourself firsthand. I mean, you're dealing with a lot of these conferences from a business uh, and integrity standpoint here that how difficult this season has been for a lot of these teams. We point to Baylor. They were rolling, and a lot of people, a lot of the prognosticators are saying, hey, COVID really hurt this team big time. When they were off for those two weeks, they never came back to be the same team. I don't know if that's true or not, 
But, you know, Baylor is not playing as good as basketball as they were before, but a lot of that has to do, too, with other teams, you know, really stepping up. It seems like there is so much parity in college basketball. We look here locally here at the Pac-12 tournament, and I mentioned, you know, Oregon uh, coming in as a top seed, and we see USC, uh, you know, they struggled, and a team like Oregon State, you know, comes out of basically nowhere. They've been an improving, you know, team under Wayne Tinkle there. But now Oregon State wins the Pac-12, and Colorado maybe not as as, as a se- sexy pick as they were just a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I'll tell you the the Oregon State Georgetowns of the world this year. While it's fun and it made might have made for some exciting, you know, conference tournaments to see these guys win. It's when we get to the NCAA tournament that actually I think people don't like that as much because that was probably two at-larges that that probably deserve to be in the tournament who aren't going to be in the tournament now. And some of these matchups here aren't as compelling. I'm not sure we're going to see as many power five upsets now because the field is a little bit weaker. You add in the Oregon States and the Georgetowns and some teams, Drake, where you're like, hmm, could any of those teams really go on a run? It's hard to see. And in a year where we've had the highest favorite I've ever, like in my professional industry in sports betting, Gonzaga, being the largest favorite I have seen throughout the entire season, um, you know, it makes me wonder if we're actually going to get any upset winners this year. You mentioned that, um, you know, with some of those teams winning that they maybe knocked other teams out. Do you think that there's any team – that didn't make the tournament that, um, I don't want to say got a screw job or whatever, but that could have made a maybe a deep run or something like that, and now they're not even going to be given the opportunity unless maybe they're one of the alternates because we still don't know what's going on with that scenario. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, Louisville was an interesting team. They were just starting to get Malik Williams back. So had he come back healthy, the potential was certainly there for a run. Um, Western Kentucky, had they won the Conference USA, certainly could have made some noise. Colorado State was a veteran-led team in a year where there's so many young teams and teams that have had limited practices, Colorado State uh, and St. Louis. I mean, this St. Louis team had monster expectations this year and couldn't get any games in all year. They just couldn't play enough games to end up developing any continuity or, or making an impression on the committee. I think the top three that were the first three out all could have made good runs, especially St. Louis. You know, they only played 20 games this year, but this is a team that uh, I think a lot of people think could have gone a long way. Matthew Holt joins us from U.S. Integrity. Matt, you talked about Gonzaga, and looking at the bracket here out in the West, Gonzaga definitely has probably the easiest run of the top four number one seeds here. And I, I can't see them probably losing in, until maybe the Elite Eight. But let's, let's look at Gonzaga here. A lot of people think it's a foregone conclusion that they're the favorite, and I guess deservedly so. They're at 2-1. to one. But let's remember, this team, they have been a number one seed before. They've been a top seed. They've been in the NCAA tournament basically the last 25 years. They have one Final Four to show for it. They don't have a national title, but in only one Final Four appearance. I don't know if, again, people are maybe overvaluing the Zags. And number one, they're going to get a a, a pretty easy road here. But it's really hard for me to just go all out and pick this team because I've been burned with them before. I understand that they've 
Got a one-and-done player right now. I get that. Their roster is stacked. But when they do face you know, a, a very physical team down the road, whether it's a Baylor or an Illinois or maybe even an Ohio State, if, if they cross paths at, at some point in time, it just it's I can't just say Gonzaga is going to walk through this tournament. I don't know if it's basically because the WCC, they're always off that that extra week or whatever, but for some reason, Gonzaga hasn't got it done in the tournament. Why is that? Well, I, first of all, I don't know that they've ever had as much talent as they do now. I mean, they're recruiting at the same level as the Dukes, the Kentuckys, the Kansases all of a sudden. So this is no longer a mid-major program who recu- recruits a few guys, dominates the West, and goes into the tournament and underachieves. This is a team who recruits on the same level as the top power fives in the nation now and also has a top five lottery pick, one-and-done player coming out of it. So I think the dynamic has changed a little bit in terms of the level of talent and the depth of talent on this Gonzaga team. And you're right, boy, did they get a good draw. And, oh, by the way, they played Iowa already this year, and I think they won by, what, 10 or 11? And the game wasn't that close. They were up 20 in that game for a lot of the game. I just don't see where the challenge comes from to Gonzaga, at least on the road to the Final Four. You know, once they get to the Final Four, all of those matchups you assume are going to be challenging. But on the road to the Final Four, who in that region is really going to challenge Gonzaga? Virginia, if they slow the pace down, who knows if Virginia will even be there dealing with COVID issues. Oklahoma, if they played their very best, but maybe, but they sputtered down the stretch after Austin Reeves got hurt. USC is the tallest team in the country, but it would take a terrible shooting night by Gonzaga. I'm just not sure that there's anyone in that quadrant who can really challenge the Zags. When it comes to Gonzaga and you look at them making that Final Four run, Coming out of an easier bracket like that, is that an advantage or a disadvantage because maybe some of the other teams will be more tournament tested or will Gonzaga maybe be a little bit more rested if they do have an easier path? Yeah, I don't know that there's an easy, easy path here. And let's face it, these are the 68 best teams in the country. I mean, how much easier is it to play Virginia and then potentially, you know, Iowa and Oklahoma than it is for Baylor to play North Carolina and Purdue? I mean, you could make the case Baylor has the easiest path. Villanova's top two or two of their top three best players are out. Uh, Purdue Villanova winner doesn't seem that challenging. You get down to the bottom of that bracket. If Ohio State gets picked off, I mean, they match up very favorably with Arkansas, Florida. They've already beaten Texas Tech multiple times this year. So I think, look, at the end of the day, everybody's going to have to play four four challenging games. The only advantage for the number one seeds is, in theory, other than the one-time Virginia lost, you kind of get to cruise through game one. But other than that, I think they're going to play some challenging games. That Oklahoma team was very good, you know, top ten in the country at one point in the rankings. So while I think the matchups are favorable, Gonzaga, I don't know how much, you know, I don't know that it's that much easier to to the point where they're going to be able to rest players night in and night out and have that advantage going into the Final Four. You mentioned a potential Gonzaga-Virginia matchup, and you look at Virginia as the number four seed against a, a, a pretty tough Ohio team out of the MAC. They listed them as a seven and a half point favorite. How can we even put a line 
on this Virginia team and maybe even Kansas to a certain degree because we don't know which players are in or out because Virginia's not telling us, NCAA isn't telling us which players are out. I find it very hard to believe that we could put a line on Number two, I can't get in front and bet this game right away until I have more information and hearing that these teams are not even allowed to practice and, and, and get to Indianapolis or fly to Indianapolis until the day before their game. So talk a little bit about why the, we're having numbers on these games so early. I, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that the sports folks want action and they don't want to be um, – they don't want to deny anyone who wants to bet on these games, so they're willing to take risks. What we've seen, though, is – to your point, big movement here already is that's the narrative. The narrative is that things are more likely to be negative than positive for Virginia and Kansas. Virginia opened a 10.5-point favorite over Ohio. It's already down to 7, and I wouldn't be surprised if it's down to 6, 6.5 by tomorrow. All right, Matthew Holt joins us from U.S. Integrity. Matt, future odds, Gonzaga the favorite at 2-1, to one, Baylor 5-1, to one, Illinois and Michigan at 6-1. to one. We know that the sportsbook has a little bit of liability already on Michigan because they were 125-1 to one favorite back in December until they reeled off 11 straight. Yeah, and look, they were a very scary long shot up until a couple of weeks ago now with the Isaiah Livers injuries and a couple other guys banged up. Uh, Michigan seems like the most vulnerable number one seed. And when you talk about the two vulnerable number one seeds in this bracket, it has to be Michigan and Baylor. Baylor, who has not played very good basketball since returning from the COVID pause, not only have they lost two games, but they almost lost to the worst two teams in the Big 12 as well, barely escaping a winless Iowa State with a win and then barely beating Kansas State in their first Big 12 tournament game. This is not the same Baylor team that we've seen. And on the Michigan side, now without Isaiah Livers, with a bunch of guys, banged up. Michigan looks very vulnerable. That's why their odds have climbed back up to around 10 to 1 in many places now after being as low as plus 350. In fact, at one point they had replaced Baylor as the second choice. That honor now goes to the Fighting Illini. That's why I think if you're going to bet some long shots in this tournament, you should probably look to those two quadrants. Live long shots at, you know, 40 to 1 or better, who I think might have a shot, the University of Colorado. They play great defense, have a superstar in McKinley Wright, got a favorable draw, maybe on the other side in the Baylor bracket. While Arkansas and Ohio State are going to be very, very popular, what about Texas Tech? Chris Beard and his team play wonderful defense, don't have to score every night, have a big backcourt with McClung and Taryn Shannon who can both score a bunch of points. So if you're going to look for those big long shots, the four, you know, better than a four seed who could make the final four and get you in there with some excitement at 30, 40, 50 to one or better, maybe Colorado, maybe Texas Tech. You know, obviously in this day and age, everybody looks at the three-point line and what teams can shoot the three because that's really been a game-changer. But the history of this tournament has seems to have been that the team with the best guard play can go deep and frequently wins it all. Who, in your opinion, has the best guards in the NCAA this year? Probably Gonzaga. Baylor's guards are really, really good, but they haven't looked as strong since... Um, since the return from the COVID pause, we just talked about some pretty good guards in Texas, Texas Tech with Mac McClung and Terrence Shannon in the backfield there. They could certainly make some noise. 
Um, you know, uh, Illinois is built a little differently because Io DeSunmu in their big center, Kofi Cockburn, so they're not quite as guard-orientated as some teams. Obviously, Alabama shoots the most threes, but the problem is it's hard to win six straight games when you count on your backcourt to do to have such an impact on scoring, especially from the perimeter. So while Alabama is going to be a sexy pick by a lot of people, one cold shooting night could spell the end for the Crimson Tide. I'd much rather have a Texas Tech, Colorado at much longer odds. If I was going to go shorter odds, for me, it would probably my money would fall on the Fighting Illini, as I think that is the overall best team in the country. I think Gonzaga is probably the second best team. But if we're looking at guard play here, how about the the best player in the country, the future number one draft pick out of Oklahoma State, Cade Cunningham? Look, that that backcourt really gets it done. Cunningham's the best player in the country, and he can will his team to victory on a lot of occasions, including be, beating Baylor in the Big 12 tournament. If we're looking just for guard play, look no further than Oklahoma State. Look at Oklahoma State. they got a tough matchup, uh, Liberty, and a lot of people don't know much about Liberty, but they kind of play in that Virginia mode. You know, they play really good defense. Their coach has been there before, won a national championship uh, as an assistant coach. Uh, talk a little bit about a couple of these first-round matchups where we could see the upset. You know we're going to see some somewhere. Could Liberty knock off Oak State? Yeah, Liberty's really interesting, but I'll tell you another one I think that's really interesting that's getting no attention is Colgate. Colgate was so good, 13 straight wins coming into this, top 10 in the net rankings, but because they play out of the Patriot League, nobody wanted to talk of them. Talk about them. This is one of the highest scoring teams in the country. Arkansas is going to have to be ready. Eric Musselman will have to have the Hogs ready down there in Arkansas because this is a big-time scary matchup that most people are just going to completely overlook when they fill out their bracket. Another one is Eastern Washington. They were the best team in the Big Sky last the last two years and didn't make it losing in their conference tournament. Now they finally finished the job this year, winning their conference tournament as well as the regular season. This is a really good basketball team that challenged some pretty good teams in the non-conference earlier in the year, including Arizona. Kansas, we know they're going to be missing some guys due to, to COVID issues, not quite how many or how bad it's going to be yet for the Jayhawks, but they're dealing with, with COVID issues that will probably at least have them two guys down, one starter and one bench guy, and maybe the big fella as well. Eastern Washington's another very interesting first-round underdog. Yeah, it's funny because, like you said, they're open against Kansas, and we've seen Kansas in this situation slip up before, uh, you know, falling to two lesser teams. And Kansas is a 10.5-point choice in this one, so Eastern Washington could be uh, a pretty live dog in this one. How about the – let's talk about the two playing games on Thursday. There's four of them, but but two really are intriguing with these, uh, you know, playing 11 seeds, Wichita State and Drake. Of course, both teams were on the bubble here, and uh, Drake was kind of a sexy pick, you know, earlier on until they lost to Loyola of Chicago, uh, you know, twice uh, this season. And then, of course, Michigan State, UCLA. Handicap those two games for us for Thursday night. To like Drake here. So unfortunate for this team, but they lose their best player, Shanquan Hemphill, and then you lose your starting point guard two weeks later in Roman Penn. So your starting point guard's out, and to Frank's point, point guard, so in point. Not just guard play in this tournament. 
point guard play in the NCAA tournament. Drake's point guard, Roman Penn, now has been out for about two and a half weeks. That's a devastating loss for Drake, so I think you have to lean Wichita State there in a big-time way. I can tell you everybody's going to be all over Michigan State here. That win over Michigan late down the stretch that probably got him into the tournament has everybody thinking that Tom Izzo can whip up some magic here and maybe get Michigan State on a run is that they beat UCLA they probably match up well with BYU as well. I actually think the ice-cold UCLA Bruins, who just ran out of gas down the stretch, give them a few days off. I wouldn't be surprised if Matt Cronin has this group fired up and they spring the upset, beat Michigan State, and if they do, watch out, BYU. Look at this. All right, Matt, great stuff, my friend. We'll talk with you uh, during the course of, of the week, and, of course, we'll be following the March Madness here. Great insight, great stuff. And uh, don't forget, my friend, we will be at the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas for Hoops and Hops. You've attended that before, so you know what that's all about. We'll be there broadcasting live on Friday, my friend. So if we can uh, get you down there, that would be fantastic. Yeah, sounds like a great event. Best of luck to everybody. Take care. There he is, Matt Holt, U.S. Integrity, talking about it from the sportsbook side because that's where he resided for so many years as the VP over at CG Technology and now his own company, C, uh, U.S. Integrity, where he – handles the business side with all of these conferences as well as professional teams as well, too. And uh, integrity, always important when we're coming to tournaments like this. Uh, has to have a heavy eye, the eye in the sky, so to speak, here over Indianapolis. Yeah, and, and that's where it's nice to know some of the stuff that he uh, information he was given out. Like when you look at Drake, and people did think a lot about Drake, and maybe most people haven't seen him very often this year, but having injuries at this time of year going into the tournament, the very last thing that you want. So, you know, you almost wonder, it's like, well... Uh, were they even, you know, that's why they're in a playing game. Uh, are they lucky to be in the tournament? It almost sounds like maybe, I don't want to say they're a sacrificial lamb, but it certainly seems like it's up against them with the losses they have. So, And that's the kind of stuff you want to know because I know so many people just look at seedings or records or something like that, but they don't really know about these teams, and it's not just over the course of the season. How are they performing right now? You got it. All right, interesting how he's right. I think everyone's going to be over Michigan State. They look at Tom Izzo and they look at the way the UCLA team you know, played a majority of the season, especially the last couple of weeks. But can, can UCLA spring an upset here? And even though the, the line is virtually a pick Michigan State's only a point-and-a-half favorite. So we'll see what happens there. But it is March Madness, and you never know what can happen. All right, we come back. Adam Joseph from Opportunity Village is going to join us. We'll talk about the picks for OV contest and more bracket talk coming your way on a March Madness Monday. Now, now, more from your favorite sports radio physician. That boy is good. The Dr. T.C. Martin. All right, we invite you to jump on board the RVD CBD bandwagon. Go to the website, rvdcbd.com, and you can get 21% off anything on that website there for your CBD services. Blackjack. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> the code that you have to use is TCRVD for 21% off. Okay, get all the initials together TCRVD. At rvdcbd.com. Write it down if you need to. There you go. But uh, anything on the website, 21% off. Uh, we all swear by it for our aches and our pains and everything. You got to do it. 
And uh, even if you don't have aches and pains, you might be like nunchuck and get down with the gummies and all that stuff. Yes. Oh, bro, I'm low-key he, he has bro. aches and pains. I don't know if Ezekiel he, Elliott actually has a uh, has an account there, but uh, that's nice. He has aches and pains. He's just not cognizant of them right now. This is a good point. <laughs> All right. So, Numchuck, <laughs> get out there. TC RVD on the website. All right? You got, he's writing it down. There you go. You got to do it. 21% off. Do it. He, he's going to try to throw a sneaker into the uh, Cereal Madness contest and say gummies is his favorite cereal. So. Oh, <laughs> Do I need to hear that? <laughs> All right. RVDCBD.com. Go check it out. All right. Speaking of initials, no better initials than OV. Picks for OV. Opportunity Village, our great charitable partner here, and our man, Adam Joseph, at the helm over there, sitting behind. He's probably not behind his desk because this guy, he is on the road constantly. He's moving. He's shaking. He's baking. He's probably eating, too. What's going on, AJ? Man, I'll tell you guys, is there a better week leading up to what we have in store towards the end of this week? Go to PicksProV.com. You can sign up today. Let's rock and roll, guys. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. All right, man, let's talk about the the brackets and the history and the picks uh, for picks of OV. We know this thing started out as on the football side a few years ago and is uh, you know came around to, to March Madness, which is always fun. So uh, give us our listeners a little bit of the background about the history of the Picks for OV contest, Adam. Yeah, thank you, TC. It's great to be on with you guys today, and uh, we're excited to uh, go into year three for Picks for OV, Hoops Hoopla. This year, it's brought to you by NutriShop. And all you have to do, guys, go to PicksforOV.com. You sign up, $50 for one bracket, 95 for two. We send you the link out. You make your selections. Make sure you have those in by 7 o'clock Pacific Standard Time Friday morning. And guess what? You're going to be competing against me. TC, Numchuck, and everybody else involved in the community. We're raising those funds for the people who need it the most. There it is. All right. Always fun there, my friend. Good stuff. No doubt about it. You got the brackets. It's, like I said, $50.95 for two. And you're you're helping with the greatest charity here in Las Vegas. I'm a little bit partial, of course. Our favorite charity here in Las Vegas. And, again, uh, they do a fantastic job helping disadvantaged adults with disabilities get on board picks real simple adam too just go to the website and that's how they enter right that's right picks for 50 for 1 95 for 2 you have up until seven o'clock friday morning don't be tardy to the party get that in today <laughs> we'll send you out the link the bracket's already out and guess what i'll share a couple of my dark horses with everybody today whoa look at that all right, man. So you open the door there. A little breaking news. Adam Joseph, uh, give us a, a couple dark horses. All right, I'm going to make Matt Holt proud. you got to go with those gauchos from UC Santa Barbara. Not only do I think they cover, I think they got a shot to win on Saturday. So I think they're going to make a little bit of a run. I think they're going to surprise people. That line's already moved down. I think it's about six and a half. I think it opened around nine or ten. So that's one I really like. And then two, I think they go really deep. I think they're just going to destroy that south bracket is Ohio State. I think they're going to roll. I think they're going to end up playing Baylor from the great state of Texas in the Elite Eight. And then let's not forget about TC because you know I've got to drop it in there. How about those University of Houston Cougars? I don't think they have any real competition in the Midwest. If they're on their game, I think they can make it all the way to all the way through and maybe play somebody like uh, you know an Illinois or maybe it's a Tennessee. But I think they too roll. So UC Santa Barbara is my dark horse for Saturday, but I think Ohio State guys, and I think uh, and I think uh, University of Houston Cougars make a deep, deep run. 
All right, you made Ballpark Frank very happy when you said the Ohio State Buckeyes there. So there you go. Well, I mean, I am a big well, Buckeye me... fan. The, the only thing that scares me about Ohio State a little bit is that they went on. They, they had that losing streak there a little bit, and and sometimes they can they can kind of uh, not show up in crunch time a little. I'd like to see a little bit better consistent play, but I think playing in the Big Ten is a big advantage for them because they've played so many close games. I don't think they're going to freak out in that scenario for, by any stretch. Yeah, I agree. I mean, look what they did to Michigan. I mean, they, they hung tough against Illinois. I think they're just playing well. So I like to look at teams that are peaking as they go into the tournament. I think they have a little left in the tank. So I really think they're going to make a deep run. And that bracket, to me, guys, I mean, if you look how it all lines up, I think they're going to go a lot deeper than people realize. But I think that Baylor team, boy, when they start shooting the ball, watch out. I mean, they can score a lot of points, as we know. You know, we're talking a lot about some of these Texas teams here. And you talk about Houston. I know that you are, you're, you're a big Cougar Cougar guy from Houston. You you love that team. And they. Uh, I was on him yesterday. It didn't matter. You know, maybe 36 and a half. Boom, still cover. No problem. Obviously, that wasn't the line. They won by 37. They are, beat. are you saying that he's a Houston nut? He's a, He is a Houston nut. Exactly. <laughs> Houston Cougar nut. Remind me, guys. Like I have a Houston nut story for you as well, too. So I got I to gotta get to that. Yeah, I was talking to the coach uh, uh, yesterday and today. But anyway, uh, hop out the state of Texas, Adam. You talk about the Baylor Bears. And let's don't forget about those Texas Longhorns. Shaka Smart's got himself a, 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 a great team, and they kind of won me over in this Big 12 tournament this past weekend. And, you know, I do like Chris Beard, and I like Texas Tech as well, too. So the great state of, of Texas, they got some teams that can make a serious run here. Yeah, I mean, definitely. We're well represented uh, this, this year. Um, this Texas Abilene Christian game, that one smells funny. You see that line? It seems a little short. I think everybody's going to be betting on Texas. I think they win the game. I just don't know if I'm going to go to the window and they're going to cover. But you're, you nailed it, TC. The great state of Texas is well represented in this tournament. But I think the best team in there is probably you make that argument for Baylor. But watch out for the University of Houston Cougars. Wow. I'm going to jump on this game immediately when I look at this Texas Abilene Christian. This line is only nine. Are you kidding me? Forget about it. Abilene Christian. They're going to get run out of the gym, Adam. Are you? Come on. Forget about it. No no contest well, here. Lay it. All right. We're going on record right now. Double Freddy's bet. I'm taking plus the points. You're laying the points. The bet is off. Now, see, if I knew we were going to go uh, food wagers, I'll add another one on there. I mean, you are so high on those Santa Barbara gauchos. I'm on the other side of this one, my friend. You want a, a patty melt for one. You want the Chicago dog on the other. I'm down like James Brown, my friend. Uh, you and I are on well, opposite I, sides of this. You're, those Santa Barbara gauchos, they better, They shouldn't even pack them and try to go to Indianapolis, okay? Forget about it. They should well, stay I, on the beach. Well, I might go out on the edge of the diving board. I can't afford any of those meals with you at uh, <laughs> our good place, uh, Hank's at Green Valley Ranch. But I'll take you up on that. Give me those underdogs in both those games. Bet is on, my friend. All right, there you go. What about the Cosmopolitan, the Blue Ribbon? That's our spot, my friend. Those chicken wings. Are you kidding me? You're the one that turned me on to the chicken wings, I believe. You're making Double B proud right now. There, that's how we do it. S- sounds to me like you're saying that uh, his team should just go down to Texas and play in the NIT. They, they should. That's where they belong. <laughs> those two guys. Jeez. That's okay, Adam. It's it's all friendly. Like I said, I would never want to take your money, but that's okay. Well, I'll, I'll take your food. Hopefully you can write it that's off. True. It's all fun and games, so there's money at the table. <laughs> all right. Uh, how about some of these 8-9 games? Because these are always tough to handicap, especially when you got ones like Wisconsin and North Carolina of the contrasting styles here. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, that, so that is one that I circled, too, and I just kind of was a head-scratcher right there. I'd probably stay away from that one, but I'd like to look at some of these, you know, these other teams, like, you know, how about this Arkansas-Colgate matchup? I mean, is the Arkansas team, are they going to show up, or is Colgate going to give a run? So, you know, this I'm looking at the bracket. I started looking at it again, obviously, last night, like millions of other people, and I have my you know, few small circles, my few small checks. I'll be putting some bets down. I'll be heading up to the Cosmopolitan and put it down on the William Hill app. There you go, my friend. All right, a couple other 8-9 matchups. LSU and St. Bonaventure. This LSU team, man, what a game yesterday against Alabama. I'm not sure how much they have left in the tank. They were visibly upset. This is a game that they wanted to win badly. They wanted to represent the SEC, and they wanted to take home this banner here. But the St. Bonaventure team, regular season, Atlantic 10 champs, they won the tournament there as well, too. Don't sleep on the Bonnies, and uh, really not much value there. You would think you'd probably get the Bonnies with a few more points, but the line's only two. Yeah, I mean, that one is the one that I had a few checks to it. Another one, TC, how about this Oklahoma-Missouri game? I mean, that's another one yep. that you kind of say, well, does that one stink a little bit? Is there something up with that line? Because that, that's going to be a great game. Um, you know, I'm kind of leaning towards uh, OU for obvious reasons. But, you know, you can make a case, looking at it again, this bracket, it is going to be phenomenal. It's going to be a lot of fun. And we're going to raise a lot of money at Opportunity Village at Visit PicksProV.com to sign up for your bracket today. All right. And the other 8-9 is uh, Loyola against Georgia Tech. And Georgia Tech uh, beat you know Florida State in the ACC championship game. And we know Loyola, that run they made a couple years ago, uh, another 8-9 matchup. It's kind of unfortunate that the Ramblers uh, get an 8 seed out of this. I know that a lot of people thought that they were better than an 8 seed. Yeah, and you look at that one too, TC, and, and you got to save yourself. Are either one of those teams looking ahead? Because you know Illinois is going to destroy Drexler. So, you know, they got to be concentrating on the on the game in hand. And if you start to look ahead, anything bad can happen. So uh, that's going to be a good game. But uh, the, whoever moves off of that is going to have real trouble ahead. When you look at those 8-9 games, and some people think that it's worse to be in the 8-9 game than it is to be a 10, 11, or 12 seed because, you know, because you're going to play take on the one seed if even if you win the 8-9 game. But is there any of those eight teams in those games that you think could uh, maybe upset the apple cart and beat a one seed in that second round? Yeah, just to bring up a really good point. So another one, ballpark that I'm looking at is San Diego State and Syracuse. So everybody has been high on San Diego State through obviously, you know, the Mountain West tournament. I don't know. I got the double check against Syracuse. I'm leaning that way. I think they're going to surprise San Diego State. So, you know, some of these 8, 9, 10, or 11s, you got to have a hard look at because these are legitimate teams. They wouldn't be in the conference or in the tournament if they weren't. Uh, Adam, so you and I are on the same side of that one, brother. It's all about the orange in that game. So I, I'm glad we're on the same side there. N- not a third yeah. food bet? <laughs> I, I, I thought he was going to go the other side. Okay, here comes another food bet. But no, he, he's, he's with me on the orange. Yeah. You know, Bayheim's teams, they're tested. They're used to this time of year. And we know what the Mountain West is all about. I mean, San Diego State, forget about it. I mean, they made one decent run and went to the Sweet 16 a few years back. Other than that, forget about it. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, um, you know, the, the our conference needs a little work, as we know. But listen, at least, uh, at least there's what two teams now representing the conference, which is you know pretty pretty strong uh, effort. And uh, you know, I'm always going to be rooting for somebody within the conference. So we'll see what happens, guys. And again, uh, everything's shaping up to be awesome. We're already 
kicking it on the uh, signups for picksprov.com. So don't forget to sign up today. Get your picks in by 7 o'clock on Friday morning. We will go ahead and uh, give away some brackets here to our loyal listeners as well, too. And we appreciate you guys doing that at Opportunity Village, Adam. Uh, just great partnership uh, that we have with you guys. Very proud of that, my friend. Well, we appreciate you, AM 1400 Ballpark, the whole crew making a difference in our community, helping those that need the most guys. Be safe. Pick some winners. And I'll see you guys collecting those winners from TC Martin. <laughs> there you go, brother. All right, take care, my man. There he is. Adam Joseph, Opportunity Village. Picks for OV is the website. Picksforov.com. $50 for your bracket. Two brackets for $95. Remember, it all goes to a great cause supporting adults with disabilities here in Las Vegas. It goes right back into the campuses here, four campuses here in Las Vegas at uh, Opportunity Village, uh, been around for over a half a century. Just fantastic charity here in Las Vegas. So all, all you have to do is go to picksforov.com and support. And as the football contest showed, you don't have to be a professional handicapper to win or have the That's best right. record or something. Things fall in line. They fall in place. You pick that right upset at the right time. Maybe somebody makes a deep run. Maybe somebody else has a team knocked out, you know. Everybody has a clean slate when it all starts out, and hopefully this is the springboard to things getting back to a sense of normalcy with Opportunity Village. And we have the contest this year because there wasn't the tournament last year. Then we'll have the Halloween and the Christmas and everything, and mm-hmm. and you know we we can get uh, back a sense of normalcy. They've uh, had some struggling times this year. They've been uh, doing well, but uh, hopefully bigger, better things in the future. <laughs> So you're trying to say even Numchuck has a chance? He can might may even pick a winner? Yeah, absolutely has a chance. <laughs> of course he does. <laughs> All I right. didn't say it's a good chance. All right. Tell you what, we'll be giving away a bracket a day here this week. So if you want a free entry into the Opportunity Village Picks for OB contest, give us a call right now. 702-221-7283-702, the area code if you're outside of Vegas, 221-7283. Call us now, and uh, first person in will get a a free bracket entry into the Picks for OV contest. That's at 702-221-7283. And uh, you can also hit us up on Twitter at TCMart21 or at VGK Frank uh, as well. But uh, call in, Numchuck, we'll, we'll get your information. We'll get you a free entry into the Picks for OV contest. Okay, so a lot to cover, a lot to do. Uh, during the course of this week. Uh, great guests on tap. Our good friend Pete Gillen will be joining us tomorrow. Uh, Pete has been in the studio with, at CBS all weekend, so he's going to come up for air and join us. Uh, hope Steve Lapis will, will join us as well, too. He was covering uh, the Mountain West uh, call here at the Thomas & Max Center this past week, so uh, all these guys will be doing games at CBS. We're going to have them join us uh, in the next couple days. Scott Spritzer, our great friend and handicapper, he'll be joining us tomorrow. Nick Bogdanovich, uh, the race and sportsbook director from William Hill, he will join us on Wednesday. And then uh, Sam Gordon will be back with us uh, on Friday at Hoops and Hops. Uh, Scott and Matt, we hope uh, they can join us as well, too. Well, too. And our football guy, they want in on our not only Serial Madness, but they want in on our Hoops contest as well, too. We're talking about uh, Steve Berline, uh, Houston Nutt. Uh, they're all in. Uh, they can hardly wait. Houston Nutt, the coach, talked to him yesterday. Hey, by the way, you know how's everything going down there? How's the barbecue joint? And he goes, oh, man, you're not going to believe it. He goes, it burned down. 
the barbecue joint in McKinney, Texas there. I said, did that have anything to do with the storms? He goes, oh, no, had nothing to do with that. He goes, somebody started a grease fire or something like that, and it burned down. They're gonna, they hope to reopen in about three or four months, but our barbecue joint, which we talked to him about, is no more for the time being. Wow. Can you believe that? Numchuck, you were all over that, 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 that joint. Best barbecue joint in McKinney, Texas, right? No doubt about it. So I told the coach that he's going to just have to be relegated to firing up his barbecue and putting the brisket and, and the ribs in the backyard now. Yeah, I was going to say, who's catering his final four party? That's what he, said. he has to do it himself now. That's, that's what I said. He goes, yeah. But uh, he said they do have another location that's a little ways away. So they're going to have to make the drive. Okay. But uh, the McKinney one, I guess, is the original, and it's right down the, the street from them. So there you have it. But our good friend, he used to say, Hutchins Barbecue. There it was. I knew it would come to me. Hutchins Barbecue. Good stuff. Yeah. All right. Assistant, I'm Chuck on that one. Yeah. We'll give you that. All I right. went to Rolling Smoke yesterday with my brother. Okay. Out here in Vegas. All right. You and I ate, ate three yeah. before one of the uh, Vegas Golden Knights games once. Yeah. I know that they do stuff on the station here, so I thought I'd give them a quick plug. They do. Good stuff. All nice right. people. There you go. They are good people. I and, gotta, yeah, and, I, they have, and they have Coke, so it's <laughs> winner, winner for me. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, my friend. Good stuff. All right. So, uh, yeah, brackets. We dive in all into that throughout the course of the week uh, with our great guests having a good time with that. All right, more NFL news. Uh, We touched about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, signings. Nelson Aguilar, no longer a Raider. Free agent signing with, you know who he's with? Hutchins Barbecue. (laughs) (laughs) Nunchuck wrote it down and he takes it away again. I don't know. Yeah. He giveth and he receiveth. Yeah, the Patriots, they made a haul today as well, too, as the New England Patriots uh, making some signings today, too. So they're, uh, they're getting serious here. Four-year deal, $50 million with uh, Janu Smith, the uh, former Tennessee Titans tight end. Second largest deal since the Pats gave uh, Stephon Gilmore a deal like that in 2017. They also signed uh, Matt Judon, the former linebacker from the Baltimore Ravens. Four-year, $56 million deal. And safety Jalen Mills comes over from the Philadelphia Eagles, a four-year, $24 million deal. So the Patriots not wasting any time or money. And uh, the Patriots also getting Nelson Aguilar as well. How's that? Patriots uh, trying to make a splash. Making a splash. All right. Not sure it's going to help. We're making a splash, too. Go to the website at tcmartinshow.com. Check out all of the interviews, the brackets, everything else, our breakdown. We're back at it again tomorrow at 2 o'clock. Have a good one.